Did you know? Did you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You have been bought with a price. Glorify God with your body. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Hey there, Revelation Wellness friends. This is Dana Seymour, your podcast editor, and I just want to say thanks for being here today. As we welcome back someone who is like family around here to us, Francie Winslow. She's a mom of six who has such a heart for helping us understand God's plan for our bodies. And you just heard a sample from Francie's newest project, Heaven in Your Home Family Music, where she's using the power of song to be a practical way to begin teaching God's plan for our bodies to your kids. What Francie shares will leave you filled up with hope. Before we press play though, we wanna invite you to come and be a part of our weekly corporate prayer calls. We believe Revelation Wellness is a house of prayer where we seek God in all things. And we'd love to invite you into this space. You'll find the link to the Zoom call in the show notes. And if you have prayer requests you'd like us to be praying with you, we have a team of prayer warriors ready. Head over to the RW app and submit your request today. Okay, let's dive into this episode. Peace. All right, Revelation Wellness community, today's a fun day. This is where I look at my schedule and I I go, oh, I just get to talk with a friend today. (laughs) We just get to do it. So Francie Winslow is back on the podcast. Hey, Francie. Hey, my friend. So good to be here. I know this is a fun day, light, a light day. I can tell you everything going on. We already did that prior to recording. (laughs) So now we can jump into this stuff, the stuff that God's doing in your heart that we want to share. First of all, for those people who don't know Francie, let Francie say a little bit about who Francie is. Go. Okay. I am a mom of six. We live in, my husband and I raise our kids right outside of Washington, DC. And, um, he is in the financial world, which is, uh, his calling and ministry. And I am in the world of podcasting and communicating about the heart of God as it relates to our bodies, sexuality, marriage, and family. Francie has a podcast titled heaven in your home. I know a lot of you listen. If you don't listen, you want to go listen, go subscribe because we, you know, Revelation Wellness, we talk about health and part of our health and wellness and fullness of living life to the full is our sexuality, is this gift that God's given us. And as much as I carry this mantle and fire for the body, redefining it, taking it back, what is it, what is it about? That's what you do in the world of, of in sexuality. And you do it so well, Francie. Mm. Thank you. you. It's, so well. it's fun to join forces because it's all God's territory. And amen. we're also hungry for integration and healing. And uh, it's fun to be a part of the RevWell community. I feel like you guys are my family because you feed me just as much in terms of my encouragement and using my body and um, yeah. getting to, to really receive in that level. So yeah. Love it. Yep. So we go far and wide and God's doing incredible things for Francie right now. We just, we'll, you'll hear more soon to come, but a, just your podcast alone has been quite the platform for you. What are you finding it? Like what seems to be the, the general feedback with people in the platform of the podcast? What are you hearing from your audience? You know, it's funny because I'm realizing it's really a three-generation 
podcast in the sense of I'm hearing from women who've been married 20, 30, 35 years who are saying, I never heard this stuff. Mm. God is healing my heart. He's restoring my marriage because Mm. he's changing my mind. He's healing my mind. And that is what I hear. He's healing my mind. And as our minds are getting transformed and renewed so that we're not conformed, right? To the ways of our world, but we're transformed into the likeness and image of Christ by the knowledge of God, we are experiencing healing. And so like older women who have been through seasoned seasons of life who are coming to me, reflecting on what God is doing in their homes. And then I've got women who are like uh, newlyweds or kind of in that young mom stage who are mm-hmm. saying, I'm exhausted, but I want more for my marriage than just kind of surviving. And then they're all looking at saying, I've got grandchildren or I've got children. Yeah. How yes. do we give them more? So it's kind of like speaking to the grandmothers, the mothers and the children yeah. in one, one conversation. And then what's kind of fun is that a bunch of husbands are listening in, even though, you know, women are my favorite people. I like love uh, connecting with the heart of women. I think God is just saying it's for everybody and we all yeah. need this healing. And I mean, it is true. We need to have conversations as couples, as families, as the family of God on the meaning of our bodies and the the beauty of sexuality and the narrative that it, it is all pointing us towards. And isn't it true that we all come with some baggage at least in to the generation we are today, I feel like we've just, there's For been sure. baggage, much like in the diet culture and all the things we're seeing with what we've been told our bodies are for and physicality, man, have we come with so much baggage in sexuality. And that's why your heart for like, we got to get them young. I remember you calling me one day, like just on fire, like Lisa, think I'm supposed to write these books. Like, I, like we got to go after the kids. You are like, you've got to go read these books. Do you know these books? Like, this is the stuff we have to start and get after the kids. So you had that heart. I feel like, I mean, it really got in your belly about how many years ago? You're like, we, I want to start writing. I want to get up. I want to go for kids. Yeah. Well, I mean, so my oldest is 15 and this has been about 10 years that I've been really going for yeah. this with, with my children from the time I realized, oh man, this is not a sex talk when they're 13 years old. Yeah. This is a body conversation from toddlerhood on up. Uh-huh. And it is a reclaiming of their bodies and their understanding that their bodies are image bearers of God, even when they're little. And even realizing that it's never too late. You know, if you have teenagers and you haven't had these conversations start now, but yeah. if you have little ones, it is not too early. And yeah. it's not that you're talking to your little teeny ones about sex or, you know, intercourse or romance. It's about, you're telling them their body is a temple of God. He lives in them and moves mm. through them, through their hands, the way mm. they serve their neighbor, the way they share, mm-hmm. the way they even eat well, like all of that is reclaiming their bodies so that they know there's a bigger purpose so and a bigger story to the fact that they are created in the image of God. And that it is not just this sex and sexuality is not the segmented conversation for awkwardness in the teenage years, but it is a way we embody the living God yes. in love in every stage of life. So I know what a conversation I would have with a a three-year-old. I mean, from the moment my kids have, you know, could were aware of their bodies, I could talk to them in terms of their body, what it's for, from more of a, you know, a practical level. But how does one begin to talk to a a kid, a child when they're two or three sexuality wise? Like what, what kind of conversations or how does that naturally get woven into those zero to five ages around sexuality? Yeah. Zero to five. So, um, I think with anything, the first thing that happened to me in my journey is I started seeing the meaning of my body. 
Mm-hmm. And so before I like start trying to form my children's mindsets, I realized God needed to do a work in me. And there so I go. started seeing my arms as image bearing. When I held my kids, I was mm-hmm. realizing that my body was speaking of the comfort of God. That's right. Or even as I was nursing a baby, I'm realizing my body is theological and I'm nursing this baby. I am nourishing and nurturing a human life mm. in a place of safety and That's care. Right. And That's that right. is also a part of what God is like. So anytime you say we're image bearers, you think, okay, I get to look at this gift, this body, and then see what kind of story is it telling. And so realizing that as a mother, as a woman, my body is telling many stories about the one whose image I bear. He's nurturing, he's comforting. He holds me close. He guides me. He teaches me. And all of that is because my body is a visible gift that's meant to reveal an invisible God. And so I can look at my husband's body and see the strength of his shoulders, to see the helpfulness of his hands, to see the determination to provide and protect. And that gives me clues. So I'll oftentimes I'll talk to my kids about clues on our body. What do, does our body that's like little clues reveal to us about the real love, the one who calls himself love by his name. When we love with our bodies, we're showing what God is like. And so I started reflecting on my own body as a wife, as a mother, as a woman, and noticing how my body is telling a story. And then I just started transferring that to my children in their season of life. And so when we take cookies to our neighbor, I'll say, look, your hands are helping and your hands are showing the love of God. And when they share their toy, or even when they use their words, I see the love of God flowing through your words and look how she feels now. And so I would just let them see real time that their bodies, and this is the big phrase, are meant to know God and show God. That's so good. Because we were meant for intimacy with God, to connect to his heart, to literally yada him, to be known Mm -hmm. by him, that Mm -hmm. intimate knowing, Mm -hmm. and to receive him in the sense of like being filled with his love, connected to him, but we're also meant to reflect him. So that little rhyming, know him and show him, is a really big picture, but put in a simple phrase to let our kids know that their body, if it's a temple of God, basically they're a walking, talking God encounter. That's good. And the way that people see God is not through like fairy dust or through a vibe. It's through what we do with our bodies. And so I just, we talk about it all the time that we love God by showing his love to others with the things we do with our bodies. And so that's the like zero to five that our bodies are powerful. Our bodies communicate. They speak Mm -hmm. with our body language. Body language is a great inroad because you can also see others and be like, that lady at the grocery store, what was her body speaking? So I asked them a lot like, oh, she was lonely. There you go. Now you have partnership with the Holy Spirit. She's lonely. You can see it on her face. Is God giving you a word for her? Because you carry God, he's in you. And now you can release God's love over her because you're watching her body. So it goes on every level of connecting the fact that we live in a body for a reason. It's so good because uh, I've, just studying how before we have cognitive ability, we learn through our body. We the, mm-hmm. a, a baby learns through the body, through the experience, through the sets, the exploration, the touch, the sense of danger, even though they don't know, have words for it. The reason that when you're hungry, you cry, it's a body experience of hunger, not a right. thought of I'm hungry. So right. we've learned with our body first. So it's so smart. I think to myself, yeah, I don't know if I ever really kept the body language alive in my children from zero to five of like, look at how your feet 
Did you see how your feet, you wanted to run away, but you came back to me. Like you brought your feet, brought you back, even though your heart might've been scared. Like you might've felt scared in your body. All that talk around the body, kids can get on board with that. Kids have a, a, a sense of that more than we do because once our cognitive ability comes online, we think our words can get us to the intimacy or to the safety place. But yeah. it's really being safe in our body and feeling like I can return. Yeah, that's so true. Okay. So right now you guys, Francie has done something incredible. She has released some family music. So this with the rhymes like show and no, I imagine that's been something mm -hmm. that you're writing through music. So when you called me one day and you're like, Lisa, <laughs> I'm releasing, I'm going to invest this money in some family music where we're singing the words yeah. of, of God in our bodies and what they're for. I'm like, what? One, I didn't know you sang. What? No mm -hmm. idea. And two, no idea. Like music. Well, that's brilliant. Where did this come from? So give them a little backstory on what your heart is behind that project. Yeah. So you know how, when you buy a new car and you're like, Oh, I love this new Jeep and I've never seen one like it. But as soon as you start driving it, you see that Jeep everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. And you're like, Oh man, everybody has this great Jeep. Oh my gosh. Well, it's the same thing with scripture. When God starts speaking to you about something of his heart, you start realizing I'm seeing it everywhere. And so as I started studying the theology of our bodies and the meaning of our bodies and the power of being his image bearer with male and female, that my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, all those things, I started seeing it everywhere. And I thought I have got to disciple my kids in this. How can I? So I was meditating on first Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, that says, did you know that you're your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And it goes on. I'm going to wrap it for you just for yes, your own viewing pleasure. I for your love listening it. pleasure. But I started realizing I need to teach my kids this. So I was in the kitchen and I'm like, okay. And by the way, I'm like the whitest white you can ever be with no soul, <laughs> but it's okay. You know, a mama does what a mama needs to do. And so I said, did you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? What? You are not your own. You have been bought with a price glorify God with your body. First Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. So it became a sound off in our home. I would say, did you know? And then little voice would go, that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And the first step was just teach them a song. They have no idea the massive eternal implications of that scripture to tell them that your body houses the living God. He lives in you and mm. everywhere you go, you're meant to release him. And that's mm. what it is to glorify God with your body. It's that you are encountering him, being transformed into his likeness, and then you are revealing him to the world. And that also you're not your own, which mm. flies straight into the face of our secular humanistic Come on. world that idolizes self, that I am made for self-expression. Yeah. I'm made for my own pleasure, my own benefit, my own reality, that whatever I think is good is for me, you know, you do you, whatever that is actually not scriptural. I don't belong to myself. That's I've been right. bought with a price. The blood of Christ was shed that I might be a holy house for him. Therefore, yeah. everything I do with my hands, whether I eat or drink, I do it for the glory of God. And so I, I felt, saw, I'm like, that is the entire gospel right there. He did not die so that we could be angels. He did not die so that we could, you know, have good feelings. He died so that we could become his yeah. and that we could be houses of God on the earth, that everywhere we go, we're little tabernacles. And so I realized the tremendous impact of that on me and that I wanted to give my kids that. And I realized there's no better way to give that to them than a song they'll never forget. It's true. 
you know, when you're old, you still remember the songs you learn in yes. Bible school or wherever, even like Sesame a Street. Conjunction Junction. What's yes. your function? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure that's serving you well now as you're writing. Um, <laughs> you never true. forgot it, all your grammar lessons. And so that's really where it started is I started uh, that rap and it really became culture in our home. And then from that place, because we had that shared language, your body is a temple of God. We talk about that. Like you're made to know him and show him. What did that look like there? I saw God. You showed God through your body mm. right there. And so it shifted the culture of our home. And we started using new language because we were singing a new language of the heart about God's design for our bodies. And so instead of approaching body topics with fear or insecurity yeah. or awkwardness, the body is a very comfortable topic in our home. And so I was talking yeah. to a group of women about God's heart for sexuality, our marriage, and because they wanted me to talk to them about how to talk to your kids about sex. And I said, well, we have to start with your own body. Yeah. And then at the end of the talk, after I gave them my whole spiel about um, God's heart for sexuality and giving it then away to our kids, once we've encountered God's heart for it, they were all like, we have to have that wrap. Please send it to us. I sent it and they all started using it and had really sweet fruit in their home and in their family. And their kids were having meaningful conversations about the body. And it just opened up a whole new level of conversation because the culture was changing around truth. And one of the women in that Bible study, her name is Catherine Brenner, and she's a professional musician and a mother in my community here. And she said, Francie, we have to make music. And so that's where it started. We met together at like a picnic table at a park. And I, I laid out all my notes. I had like a binder full of notes I've been taking over the years of just poems I've written and words and phrases that I wanted to reproduce in my children. And together we wrote uh, four little songs and um, one of them is a rap. And then there's several other ones, but they take this language of the theology of our bodies mm -hmm. and a integrated way of seeing our bodies as masterpieces as made in the image of God, as a part of his plan for showing the love of God and the light of Christ to the world. And really just declaring, putting a big banner saying, your body is good. It's not a mistake. It's a masterpiece. Yeah. And it was made for a bigger story to be revealed. And so that's what Heaven in Your Home Family Music is about with the prayer that we shift, not the big culture out there first, but the culture in our homes. Yes. Because that is what will shift the big culture out there that we're so intimidated by. It starts in our homes. So good. So good. How long has the project been out now? Like you finished it and it's, it's available now. Everyone will have it in the show notes. If you're already like, it's, where do I get this? It's available everywhere. Music streams, February 20 something is when it, yeah. Late February. So it's been out for a couple of weeks. Oh, it hasn't been long then. No. Yeah. It, okay. It was quite a while in process. So it just, yeah. released in February. And you sing, you yeah. sing. Yeah. Right. I'm on it. So good. Yeah. You actually you're, uh, yeah. Like you sing, she's a I fantastic, do. beautiful voice. So yeah. And I rap. Thankfully, we I got mean, somebody who who had some skills with me, so I'm, it's not so painful. But um, yeah, it's I'm in a couple of them, and then my friend Catherine, who is a music, she's incredible. She wrote the music for it, and she sings with me in a few of them. So, are you going to come out with a volume too? I would love to. I think we'll just continue to wait on the Lord. For yeah. me, it, it has to be something that actually is incorporated in real life, not just yeah. like out there. Yeah. And so I'm going to live good. some more life and see if God can see if it shows up and, and lands again. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. so good. If you don't have the Revelation Wellness mobile app, you need to go get it right now. It's the perfect place for undistracted community. 
All of our content is in one convenient place that's easy to access. The app also features exclusive premium content for RW Plus subscribers, like conversations, Rev Xing the Word, bedtime meditations, on-demand workouts, and so much more. So hit pause right now and go download the Revelation Wellness mobile app in your app store for a faith that moves. Hey, did you know that I went to Asbury? I would love to know what you're thinking about life. After I can't Asbury. remember. Did I tell you something? Yeah. I feel like I've downloaded to a few people. It was a lot. It was, it's like one of those moments that it's hard to unpack. I can imagine it was just like a fire hose, fire hose, fire mm -hmm. hose of <clears throat> God's presence. Like mm -hmm. I'd never encountered before. Wow. And it was, it was, it wasn't anything fabricated. It wasn't anything um, programmed. It was pure worship. I've never yeah. seen people from all walks of life, but mostly instigated by the Gen Z, right? This yeah. Asbury University, these Gen Z kids were just plowing the way, like pushing out, recklessly worshiping God, wanting him. Wow. And then all the, you know, um, community and neighboring churches and people were coming old and young and black and white, rich and poor. And it was a sucked you up into, oh my gosh, he's here. And I would even watch people come in and I, even part of me was a little like, okay, what's going on here? Is this really God or is it, um, what is this? And did, are we just manufacturing it? Even as a woman myself, who's so faith full and faith hungry, I still want to test the spirits, right? right. Is, is this truly this God? Are you here? And it would, it would take me, it took me just to maybe five minutes to go, oh no, this, you can't manufacture this. No one's driving this. No one's programming it. It's hearts mm -hmm. crying out for God. Right. And I would see other people come in with their arms kind of folded and they mm -hmm. would stay folded a little longer but they'll, they, they also wouldn't leave. And by the end, you could see weeping. You could see just things melting off of people. Mm. So I share that with you because Asbury is that Gen Z population. And now when we're talking about kid, uh, kids, mm. this is where, like, what do we call Gen Z? They're not kids. I guess they're young, they're young, young adults. adults, young mm -hmm. adults. But that even feels like they're old because they're so, they know so much by now. I mean, you mm -hmm. can be 20 years old and be exposed to so much good, bad, that yeah. they're, they're almost they They know too much yeah. and their hearts are heavy and aching yeah. or darkened and, and, mm -hmm. and rebellious or in that, in that darkening. So what do you have to say for the Gen Z? Like when we're mm -hmm. talking about that age of sexuality, like what do we need? What is, what, mm -hmm. what does that population cry out for and what you see? Well, I think um, what the opportunity is, and obviously like I'm observing and learning, I'm not an expert, but when I think about it, I think about Gen Z's massive capacity for empathy and a okay. desire, a true desire for integration. Um, Amen. And, and I don't, the world has not given, I think this is where maybe in the past we've been quick to like protect or set up boundaries or kind of just be defensive but I feel like when it comes to the topic of sexuality, empathy is such a big part of it because there's so much pain from being disintegrated and there will be wow. more pain because secular humanism, which is at the root, is, is essentially like modern 
evolutionary theory telling people that their body and their personhood are separate and they don't matter to each other. And so therefore you can do anything with your body because your personhood or your emotion, your soul is a separate thing and they're unrelated. But Come to on. say, I have better news. You are made for more dignity and you are made for more of a humane love that mm. honors your entire human person. And I think mm. um, even just like the language of the body, I we we go to Walgreens, you know, and we see a person who clearly is in pain and you know that because their body and the per expression of their self yeah. are different. And yeah. my kids watch yeah. that. And instead of being judgmental, I, I, we have a lot of conversations about empathy and knowing that God yeah. lives on That's high awesome. and he comes to the broken. And so I just wonder if Gen Z gets a fresh vision of sexuality and the body that is not harsh or judgmental, but mm. is an invitation to healing and integration. I just mm. wonder if that will be part of evangelism in, in revival, because the core questions of their hearts, of every heart is, who am I? And who is God and why are we here? And so yeah. as we as we carry this message about the That's body good. into the world without a sense of pride, hopefully, or judgment or rules and rigid boundaries that we're so afraid of crossing and instead say, I just want to have a conversation with you about pain and about where your heart yeah. is longing to find belonging because your so body good. and your soul were meant to belong to a God who loves you. And I don't know. I just think when I look at Gen Z, I wonder what will happen when they get this integrated theology with their bodies so. and they realize there's like a fresh invitation for empathy from a God who crammed yeah. himself into a body so that he could identify with us in our aches, our pain, our grief, and then calls mm -hmm. us to integration, not out of judgment or fear, or, um, you know, you have to look like everybody else, but as a place of you belong and you are wanted and you're seen. So I don't know when I think about Gen Z, that's kind of what I'm praying into and, and watching because, uh, there's no room for fear in this world right now. Like we can't be paralyzed by fear because of all the changes mm. we have to see. Like, God, what mm. what is the unique imprint of your heart that this generation carries? What what did you see? You you saw kind of that revival moment. Were you getting windows of of I will say what I saw, oh, it'll make me cry. <laughs> they are. You said the word, like they have deep empathy for people. Like they, because they're hurting, they can see hurt and they run towards it. Mm -hmm. um, but I also think because they're hurting, that's where the division and the disintegration comes up, right? This is where we disengage and scroll or just deflect and, and numb or whatever it is. But because it, that in Asbury, those walls were falling down mm -hmm. all around them. They were whoosh, just like, tidal waves of love for God and love for others. Um, there was a moment when this older gentleman, mm. and he was old, he's probably in his 80, 75, 80 years old. And he was moving forward towards his altar. And they have an altar there that is like, you get down on your knees, you got to go down. And there are just people at the altar all the time. And this sweet old man makes his way up and he's just limping his way up. And for an old person to get down on their knees, that's 
you don't go down on your knees, you fall down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this old man just fell down onto his knees and like got caught by the altar. And before he could even hit two Gen Z's just rolled over him, threw themselves over him and just started praying and weeping and pushing into him. I mean, I couldn't, I was like, in what world? (laughs) They had such honor and empathy and courage. And it was just beautiful. So I see that in the Gen Z. I think when you can take off the mask and the distractions and you let the reality be what it is without fear and judgment, like they are fierce. Mm -hmm. They're fierce, which would be so like God in a generation right now, because we feel so desperate for our kids in this time with technology. Like we are under attack. It's so intense. Every parent I know, the best parent Mm -hmm. seems to be losing the battle. Like you can put all the safeties, all the measures, all the things, and they still lose. And that that's the thing to wrestle with the Lord because the Lord knows what he's doing. And so we're so under attack and we're on our faces for our kids. I feel like this is the mercy of God to be like, wait till you see what I do. Wait, wait till you see how the enemy will pay for what he thinks he's been winning at in this time. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think that is the invitation too for us as parents is, is so me as a mom, I can be so paralyzed by fear and mm-hmm. I can immediately think the battle is too big. Like I can't compete with the internet. I can't compete with YouTube <clears throat> stuff that is so disgusting and doesn't get caught by any of the filters mm-hmm. because it's mm-hmm. so sneaky. YouTube kids is a total wreck. Basically don't let your kids watch YouTube kids because they're coming like <laughs> Peppa Pig is doing sexually inappropriate things. You know, it's like pornography. Wow. Trolls are, are using cartoons on YouTube kids. And so I'm just like, Lord, how, how's this fair? This is not even fair. How do we even win? Right. My spirit can want to just despair or control. And I think both of those are not of God. And I think what it's going to require of me is the work to encounter God for my sexuality, for my body, so that I can sit across the table from my teenager and say, you know what, this is why this is not okay. This is dehumanizing and God is restoring true humanity to me because I didn't know Mm. it. I didn't know how beautiful and valuable my body is. And this stuff tells someone that their body is an object to be used. And that Mm. is what you're seeing. And yes, your brain lights up when you see it. And yes, you have dopamine and yes, Yes. going to have an empathy. Urge and, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you know what, Lisa, there's trash on my computer, right? I know it. YouTube is out there. It's there for the taking. My kids are on their computer all the time for school. I can't protect them. And so when we've had these conversations, when it's not, if, when the trash comes at our children to deform okay. their thinking and to deform their identity, because it happens very quickly because a dopamine hit happens immediately. And then they think I'm aroused. Am I that? Am I attracted to that? Am I like that? Because it's the dopamine and the kind of awakening and then identity swoops in. And so Mm. we have to have that conversation where there's body awareness. Hey, let me tell you how this is working. You're going to see trash or you saw trash, your brain lit up. That's dopamine flooding your head. Guess what? That's totally normal. And actually God designed that so that- Created it that way, yeah. You would have the thrill of real relationships and it would light up your brain and you would have pleasure and enjoyment enjoy that. This is the dis, that's the rightly ordered way of expressing and receiving love. This is a 
disordered, disordered. meant to come back at you with pain eventually. And so just telling them this is normal. God made your body this way. Or how about this? I saw some sexually in, in, inappropriate things on my computer because it popped up. And so what I got to tell my kids was, hey, guess what? When I saw this, guess what I felt in my body? I felt aroused. Aroused. Why? Is yep. that because I'm a sick pervert? Or is it because I'm a human who's sexual? Yeah. And made it is God's my, image. my job to discern, is that how God made me to express and receive sexuality? Or is that a disordered version meant to bring pain and destruction? And so instead of avoiding mm. the conversation altogether, say, so does this make mommy, you know, this or that? Does it make me nasty? Does it make me perverted? Does it make me gay? Does it make me because I saw this and my body responded? No, it makes me human. And then I choose what I do with my body and my actions in order to align with God's design. And so I think it's going to require, it is requiring me to get way more um, humble and vulnerable because that is the path towards getting their hearts. Cause if I pretend like That's it's right. not there and if I avoid it because I'm scared of it, or I'm, I'm just scared to talk about it in general, or don't look at that, shut it down. Mm -hmm. It's going to, we're going to, it's not going to be a good Girl, thing. So, but um, this is where this is where everyone has to do their work because if we walk in with trauma as for myself, like my father, pornography, the anything with that, I mean, what our kids are exposed to now, it hit me hard. I responded terribly because of my own trauma, which only drives children further away in shame. So we have to do our prep work, our emergency, like it's a yep. fire drill, work through those things so that when it happens, you aren't fired off. You can acknowledge uh, this hit me. All right. Let me have a moment here. That's why I've written this next book about how do we metabolize our pain? How do we deal with our stuff yes. so that we can become a grounded place for our children to struggle, still have attachment to us, but yet be fed truth without feeling the shame because truth can feel shameful if someone doesn't feel safe and attached to someone. Yeah. There's, this is, this is the work of, of this time. I think that we get to do in coming with the body and coming at a bottom-up approach because yeah. we thought with our head too much instead of what am I feeling in my body? Even today, Francie, I just shared this on my Instagram. I was doing Revolt TV. I was casting the work out from my phone up to my bigger TV. And every time I end a Revolt TV, I stop screen share. My TV like switches off and it, the default channel on this is some type of like, kind of like housewives where, <laughs> where women are like catty and like talking to each other and gossiping over one another. I felt my brain go, I wonder what they're talking about. Like, <laughs> huh? Like, I, who cares? But my brain was lit into this gossip circle of like, I wanted to know more. And I realized that it was just my limbic brain for a second. And because yeah. the reasoning side of me goes, I don't have time for this, turned it off. Yeah. I turned it off, but I could understand how people get stuck yeah. because that feels good if you're hurting yeah. to go, oh, that that's a good, that hits. Tell me more. Tell yeah. me more. Yeah. Man. Well, I, I'd love to break it down, Elisa, because here's what's going to happen with our kids. It's not if they see trash. It That's is right, girl. When, when they see it. Come on. And I think what we need to know as parents, as disciple makers in this time is 
avoiding will always backfire on us. And so we need to know, kind of even have a game plan of, okay, this is, this is the strategy is that our kids will be exposed to something because it's coming after them. They don't have to go look for it. It's coming after them through ads. It's coming after the YouTube suggestions. It's coming after them through um, Spotify ads. It is coming after them in Mm -hmm. all sorts of dark forms. But what I think instead of despairing or getting hopeless, hopeless, we see the strategy it's exposure then it's dopamine and then identity questions. Why did I respond to that? Am I that? And what they'll do next is they'll Google, am I blank? Yep. Am I gay? Am I bi? Am I trans? Mm -hmm. Because their brain, because they're sexual and they're human, which is beautiful and good, is responding to disordered input. But it's not their brain and their identity. It's not their brain and their body that's bad. It's the input that's bad, but their brain and their body are responding. And so I think it is with the empathy that we have received from our healing God, we go to our kids and say, yes, this is probably going to happen. And this is going to be your temptation. When you see ugly things, your body will respond. And then you're going to wonder, am I disgusting or am I broken or am I fill in the blank? Mm. And the Google will never parent you well. So instead of asking (laughs) Google, you can ask me. me, there's That's nothing right. you can tell me that will make me there, love you less. There's nothing Woo. that you can say that will make me feel separated from you because you are mine. And that is when we then embody the That's heart right. of God, the love of Christ. Yes. And if this feels hard, what I feel like we see in Gen Z, that empathy, we also get to say, you know what, Lord, you are the most empathetic God who came to us. And so I regularly have to go back to him and say, God, I need you to continue to heal me because this is hitting my issues. This is hitting my fear and my control. That's right. That's right. So it's kind of like receiving the compassion and the mercy of our God so that we can give it to our kids because then we can walk. It's almost like... Don't ignore the fact that we're in a battle, but we can walk with them into the battle and they'll That's know right. that they're not alone. And then whatever God is doing with their story will have space to unfold and they'll get to own their story rather than mm-hmm. hide in a corner and pretend that their struggles aren't going on. And I'm not saying this as one who's figured good. it out. I'm on the job training. This is actually my life right now, trying yeah. to tell my children, Google will never parent you well. It's actually set up to lead you into more disordered paths because yep. the world system is the one setting up the algorithms, not the truth of our God who's designed to set you free. And uh, so it is, it is stuff. But I think when you start thinking about it, okay, what can I do? If you have little ones, these songs, I'll help you set the culture for even body talks when they're little. And if they're older, I, I think we just can't pretend we just have to be vulnerable and empathetic and honest. And I do think God is on the move. He's not abandoned us or our kids. Amen. Francie, we could talk like this forever. <laughs> we sure could. We do. And when fire we're each life, other we up. Shut up. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Okay, everyone, you're going to go to any place music is sold and find Heaven in Your Home, Heaven in Your Home Family Music. They can just download, stream it, right? Is it on Spotify? Like It's on everything. And if you can't find it, type on. in my name because there's a lot of songs that have the word heaven in it and it doesn't have like the high enough ratings to like compete with Beyonce or something. <laughs> yeah. Let's change so, that revolution. Revelation yeah. Wellness. Go so type in my name. <laughs> okay. Francie Winslow, Heaven in Your Home Music, Family Music. And then she has her podcast as well. Heaven in Your Home. I just adore you. You're stuck with me. Like we're doing this thing. And I came into this call a little tired, but man, you're fire. You burned. You caught me on fire today. Thanks mm. for hanging out. Love you. So fun. Love you. Love you. 
Friends, we hope you love this episode with Elisa and Francie. And the best part is the conversation doesn't end here. They continued talking on RW Plus, and this episode releases on April 4th for our subscribers. So be sure to check it out. Are you not a subscriber yet? Try it for free for seven days and tell us what you think. As always, thanks for being here. Please leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts and drop us a voice message. The link is in the show notes. We'll be back on Monday with a new Revving the Word. See you then.